What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Fraternity. I'm your little brother, Danny, and I'm here with my big brother, Sean. How's it going? It's the third week in October, bringing you a third movie, another classic. Very exciting. Today, we're talking about The Evil Dead, the original film. Finally, on Fraternity, we're going to be covering this movie. Yeah, that is very exciting, and I know this movie has been talked about a lot, <laughs> but you're here, and we're here, and we're going to bring it to you the fraternity way. And I just have to ask, you know, obviously, just about anybody has heard of The Evil Dead in some way, but had you ever seen this movie before, Danny? Uh, Well, it's a weird movie to talk about, because... I haven't seen it, but I feel like I have seen it, you know, just through the cultural osmosis and not even just that. Like, I feel like a lot of creators that I look up to really love this film, like Garrett from Mega64, like he really is a big Evil Dead fan. And there's Jay from Red Letter Media, and I know he's a really big Evil Dead fan. So I feel like everyone I look up to, like is totally in love with this movie and the franchise. I know you love it, Sean. I don't even have to ask. But it somehow escaped my viewing. <laughs> All these years, I've just never sat down and watched any of them. But like I said, I feel like I have such an understanding of like who Ash is and like the style of these films just through what I hear through other people. Right. Even if you don't watch scary movies, I think you have a sense of what the Evil Dead is at this point in history, right? I think the Evil Dead gives us an opportunity to talk about something that I don't think we talk about enough on the show, which is the unbridled creativity and ingenuity that we often witness from young filmmakers in the horror genre, which is one of the things that makes the genre so special to begin with. Because what you have here is one of the greatest low-budget independent horror films ever made. A bunch of inexperienced friends and relatives went out into the woods and wound up creating an unforgettable masterpiece. Of course it's low-budget, rough around the edges, but there's so much inherent talent on display behind the camera and passion in front of it that any faults you can find are easily overlooked. It's really no wonder that the principal people involved went on to have such illustrious careers. Sam Raimi's career is legendary at this point, despite setting the bar so high for himself here. And Bruce Campbell is one of the most beloved B-movie actors of all time, thanks to delivering performances that gave us the greatest male protagonist in horror history in Ash Williams multiple times. But it all starts here, in one of the greatest horror films of all time. I've personally seen the movies in the Evil Dead franchise so many times at this point that I've almost burnt myself out on them. It had actually been a while since I watched these. And I have to say, watching it now, it definitely showed its age. And it made me wonder how someone who hasn't seen it would react to it. So 
this should be interesting since you're exactly what I'm looking for, Danny. <laughs> yeah, and I think I have a lot to say about the film and just, yeah, that aspect of it. Like, it's almost impossible to go into this film without knowing something about it or, like, expecting something out of it. Yeah, it's just such a pillar in the horror community. It's kind of impossible to really go in blind, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can definitely understand that in relation to this movie in particular. <laughs> More than anything we've done on the show, like this is probably has like the biggest like expectations, I guess. Right. Yeah, this was also the first time that I saw The Evil Dead in 4K. And I found that to be a very interesting way to watch the movie because the added clarity allows the low-budget qualities to become quite apparent. Like, to me, it looks like the greatest student film ever made. But despite the low-budget nature, the unbridled creativity and ingenuity that I already mentioned shines through even more than it did before. If you're familiar with all of the behind-the-scenes tales of the making of this movie, and most fans of the Evil Dead franchise are, then you know that some of the camera tricks and practical effects they're pulling off, they just boggle the mind. They use every trick in the book, whether it's the camera techniques or gore effects that they ramp up to levels that were rarely seen at that point. But with all that said, why don't I talk about how I discovered the Evil Dead franchise? Because my relationship with the series began in the late 90s. This is when we still lived in Texas. I was 13 or 14, and you were still just a little baby, Danny. <laughs> so this was before Louisiana, before the mom and pop VHS horror collection, and I had just started to buy horror films on VHS from a Sam Goody in the Willowbrook Mall in Houston, Texas. And the first movies I bought were Jason Lives and Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. But the third movie I bought was Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. I had never heard of the Evil Dead movies before, and this was the only one I had ever come across. This was the first time seeing anything. The first time I ever got familiar with this series was seeing Evil Dead 2 on VHS. and. It looked like something I just had to see. And it wound up being a movie unlike anything I had ever seen before. And if you know me, you know I loved it immediately. I'll always remember this one time I had to go to work with our dad. And he put me in this little conference room that had a... <laughs> VCR and a TV, <laughs> and I literally sat there and watched Evil Dead 2 for eight hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty crazy about that movie. It was so unique, so creative, but I did not get to see the original until I got it for Christmas in 1998 or 1999. I can't recall which year it was, but that was a great Christmas. For a horror movie fan. 
And yes, the first time I ever got to watch the original Evil Dead was on Jesus' birthday. As God intended. But you know what? While you were playing with all your Fisher-Price, and I was in my room watching Ash Williams in the first Evil Dead, it was just a great experience, because as much as I liked Evil Dead 2 and all of the zaniness involved in that one, the reined-in and more traditional horror of the original definitely aligned more with my personal tastes. It's just a movie that... It's just a blast to watch, and it's a blast to talk about. So let's do just that, Danny. For that, just wanted to say, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle's at Fraternity. Go over there, follow us, like our tweets, retweet us, do all those things you do over on Twitter. Keep up to date with everything we're doing. We have an email, Fraternity at gmail.com. That's Fraternity at gmail.com. You can go over there, shoot us an email. Any questions, anything at all, we'd love to open a dialogue with you. And if you like the show, go over to your podcast platform of choice and give us a rating because it helps the show grow and we want to be the number one horror podcast on the internet. Before we get into the movie, I just wanted to say too, it's our mother's birthday today and we want to wish our mother a very happy birthday. We love you, Ma. Happy birthday, Mama. We love you. Without us, there is no fraternity. But without you, there is no us. And we are eternally grateful. And we just love you so much. More than we show sometimes. And for that, we apologize. But we're immortalizing it here. So happy birthday, Mom. We love you. Love you, Mama. So in this first outing in the Evil Dead series, we actually get a group of friends. You've got Ash with his girlfriend Linda, as well as his sister Cheryl. And they're accompanied by Scott and Shelley, as they all make the drive to a secluded cabin in the woods. Little does Ash know that he's going to have to deal with his friends, girlfriends, and sister. Little does Ash know that he's going to have to deal with his friends, girlfriend, and sister getting possessed by demons. And as luck would have it, the only way to kill them is by total bodily dismemberment. You know, male protagonists are a rare breed in horror. And Ash is definitely the greatest and sits at the top of the list of them. But if we remove gender from the equation and just think about what heroes in horror films tend to go through, I think Ash quite possibly gets it the worst, wouldn't you say? (laughs) He gets it pretty bad, worse than I really uh, ever knew. And yeah, it's interesting because, you know, most horror franchises are usually headed by, you know, their respective killers. But Evil Dead you know, Ash stands alone as, like, the icon of the series. And I really can't think of other horror franchises where, like, the good guy or the main character is, you know, the one people love so much. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, we already talked about how 
it's pretty impossible to go into this blind, but if you were lucky enough to enter this blind, you have no idea, nor could you predict the gruesome, terrifying, and often hilarious experiences in store for Ash. <laughs> I will say, even the performances in this one are a bit rough around the edges, but we truly get it all from Bruce Campbell here. We get the humor, the romance, the chin. <laughs> it's all there, man. Yeah, and that's I, I think he's going... I think he does really well in the lead in this film. I just don't think the character of Ash was like fully realized yet. You know, the Ash in this film is not the Ash we know in pop culture. You know what I mean? That's what I took out of it i was like yeah like still a great leading role here but uh definitely not the same character yeah he definitely doesn't achieve the protagonist level that we're gonna get as this series progresses but it's all there he's gonna be covered in blood eventually <laughs> and that's all that matters yeah <laughs> We really do get it all from Sam Raimi here, though, from the swamp-swooping cinematography. I love that shot following the car as they approach the cabin. I think the bridge scene in particular is a good case study in coverage. This whole film is also a case study in never limiting your imagination when it comes to writing your script. Because no matter how outlandish your ideas are, this film is a testament to the fact that where there is a will, there is a way. With that said, this movie is a bit plotless. <laughs> it boils down to college kids going to a cabin in the woods and one by one getting possessed by demons while trying to survive. These opening 20 minutes or so are really there just to endear babyface Bruce Campbell to us. And what I find most interesting is, in this entry, it's Ash's sister Cheryl, and not him, who picks up on the presence of evil and has to deal with the supernatural elements before anyone else. I love the bit where her hand becomes possessed and she scrawls a rugged portrait of the Necronomicon on her drawing pad. Nice tension building scene, you know, building up to the horror. I really like that scene too. Before we proceed any further, I just wanted to ask, what do you think of the title, The Evil Dead? It's a really good title, but I can't put my finger on why it's so good. It kind of says it all without saying anything either, you right. know? <laughs> yeah, and it's so simple, but it's not mundane at all. Like, it's still an, an interesting title, I think. For sure. Yeah, I just had to ask because I was like, what a strange title that just works, you know? Yeah. So the reason this fun-filled vacation film becomes the ultimate experience in grueling terror is thanks to one of those pesky cellar doors that just can't seem to stop from opening all by itself. And this leads to Scott and Ash discovering the Necronomicon downstairs along with a tape recorder. The Necronomicon is one of the constant artifacts of the series, and it constantly changes. 
But I really like the look of this one because this one really looks like a book that was bound in human flesh. I've seen what the Necronomicon looks like in later Evil Dead movies, but yeah, here it it really does look gnarly and it's bound by flesh and not man-made, made by a demon. <laughs> <laughs> so later on upstairs, the group plays the tape recorder. And we get some great dialogue from an archaeologist that stayed at the cabin and did research on the Necronomicon. He tells us all about what it contains. And Scott fast forwards the tape and presses play, ignoring Cheryl's pleas for them to shut it off. And next thing you know, we can hear an incantation being recited that's going to awaken the ancient evil within the woods. And this unseen lurking presence looks in through the windows and constantly whispers, Join us. And Cheryl is the only one who notices this. And it eventually attracts her outside. And it isn't long before we witness Cheryl getting raped by demonically possessed trees. And you know, we've got a young cast and crew here. Made up of mostly men, I'm sure. And I'm inclined to say that boys will be boys. But then again, I don't think you can really chalk tree rape up to that. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one bit that has never really been duplicated in the franchise. And it's pretty easy to see why. But what did you make of this tree rape sequence? Well, I'd always heard about it. I had always heard about the tree rape scene. And, you know, when you hear about a scene so much and, you know, you start playing it in your head what it looks like and you imagine it to be more just way worse than it ends up being on screen. So I was like, oh, that was it. Okay. I mean, it's still tree rape, no (laughs) doubt about it, but I guess it's not what I imagined. Yeah, I think uh, you could use a lot of descriptors for it. (laughs) But there's really no way to describe when that thick branch just funks right into her cooch. (laughs) (laughs) All I can say is the actress here is a trooper. I mean, that's all you can really say. (laughs) So after a mad dash back to the cabin with falling trees and everything... Cheryl makes it back, and she's not willing to stay in the woods for one second longer. And who can blame her? I mean, she was just raped by freaking trees. But of course, this ancient evil isn't about to let any of these college kids leave. And despite Ash attempting to take his sister back into town, they're stopped when they come upon a completely obliterated bridge. And I just want to say, I love what they did here with this bridge setup. It's another great example of how you should never put restraints on your ideas when putting them to paper. And never allow yourself to make excuses for why you can't do this or that. Because again, where there is a will, there is a way. And simple ingenuity goes a very long way. And this is a prime example. Yeah, we don't need anything fancy to get the idea across. Like we immediately believe and understand there's no other way out trapped at this cabin and that's it you know we don't need anything more elaborate than that and with all of that we're about 35 minutes into the movie 
And I think it's been great. Like, Evil Dead films aren't known for subtlety or setups. But I think this one has been pretty damn good. But now, it's time for the really fun stuff, Danny. The stuff that has made this an unforgettable gorehound's delight for 40 years. The thing about it, too, is once this gets going, it does not stop. Like, the last 45 minutes of this film is just relentless. And it all starts while Ash is distracted. He's listening to more of the audio from the tape recorder. And Shelly and Linda are playing a guess the card game. And Shelly is letting Linda believe she may be clairvoyant when she really isn't. But then Cheryl, while staring out a window, suddenly begins to call out the cards. Only she's correct. She starts calling them out so quickly that they can't even check. And next thing you know, she turns to reveal her deadite face. And then she's levitating and leveling threats at the group. Such a good bit here. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, all bets are off. There's possession in the cabin and shit's about to get real. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just the performance of Cheryl is just like really good when she turns around and is calling out all the cards and going possession crazy. It's really good. Yeah, I love it. And then her body collapses to the floor and they go to check on her. You know, maybe she's just sick. Maybe she, maybe dinner isn't agreeing with her. Maybe it's not demon (laughs) possession. (laughs) But now we get our true first bit of gore when Cheryl springs back to life and stabs a pencil through Linda's ankle. Oh, man. Oh, that's nasty. It looks like her ankle's about to be torn (laughs) off. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty brutal stuff there. And then we get our first bit of physical acting from Bruce Campbell as Ash gets thrown into a shelf and the whole thing collapses on top of him. (laughs) Is there a piece of furniture he doesn't crash through? It's pretty much all destroyed by the end of it. But yeah, I just love (laughs) how he... Just the way he falls into it and grabs onto the shelves to make sure they all fall. (laughs) Like you already kind of hinted at, you know, it takes quite some time for Ash to become the boomstick-wielding badass that everyone knows and loves. And you could definitely argue that it's not even fully realized in this movie. I even forgot how little Ash is alone with the deadites in this one, but... I also really enjoy the ash weighing over his head like this, though. Like, if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't even know that he's our main protagonist for the longest time because the other guy, Scott, does most of the heavy lifting for a good bit of the film. Yeah, and I almost think that might have been the intention, you know, is to weave the cast down until, okay, who's going to be the one to survive? and take out these deadites but of course you can't watch this film and not realize that oh that's ash you know just because everyone knows who ash williams is but yeah like it's definitely a laid-back performance i don't think it's bad at all and i think we really get to see a side of ash that i mean i don't know but from what i predict might be a little lost in the sequels but like 
he really does suffer in this movie and go through a lot of emotion. Yeah, well, I think they just become more cornball, you know? Yeah, Where this one is still very straight horror. With that said, though, you know, there are a lot of iconic things that come out of the Evil Dead series. But in this one, I don't think there's anything more iconic than Deadite Cheryl peeking out of the cellar door. God, is that a wonderful <laughs> shot or what? So great just to have that menace in there throughout the second half of the film. Yeah, you can even say and see that the Deadite makeup job is inconsistent from shot to shot, but <laughs> it, it kind of works for me in this sense that the Deadite is corroding the host. Yeah, sometimes it looks like a simple makeup job. Sometimes it looks like it's a total latex suit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's very inconsistent, but it never bothered me either. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I really love the bit when Shelly and Scott are sitting in the living area and Shelly screams about what's happened to Cheryl's eyes. And we get that great shot of Deadite Cheryl sinking into the shadows of the cellar, just laughing. Just again, just that's iconic and classic at this point. And truthfully, thinking about it more, just this film as a whole, it's really the demonic possession angle that makes this series so special. It's also the fact that they turn these humans into demons that I think they get away with the level of gore that we're about to see. Because if these were still relatively human characters, it'd be a lot harder to stomach. But since they're not Danny, <laughs> we're going to get a veritable blood feast on our hands here. This movie is definitely one of the first films I saw that I would consider a gore film. Like, obviously, it's tame by today's standards, but I thought it still packed a punch. What did you think? Yeah, I think there's plenty of gore. And like you said, at the time, it definitely stood out. But yeah, in this day and age, it's hard to really look back and not think of what we have now. You know, we're so desensitized. But yeah, I think The Evil Dead was definitely pushing boundaries at the time. But I still think it's really fun, especially in the last 10 or 15 minutes or so. It really amps up and it's just. So good. Yeah, it's really going to start here when Shelly gets turned into a deadite and she attacks Scott. And he manages to toss her off his back. And she lands head first in the fireplace. And since these guys clearly aren't sure what the hell they're dealing with, they rescue her from the fire. And like any good horror fan knows, no good deed goes unpunished. So Shelly's back on the attack. Ash is getting tossed through more furniture. We get this great bit where Scott almost cuts Shelly's hand off at the wrist, but then Deadite Shelly bites at it until she severs it completely. And I just love how shook Ash is watching that. Right. You know what else is great? We don't just get traditional gore here. The gore is good, but this movie is far more colorful. Like, once they ram that Kandarian dagger through Deadite Shelly, she's just spewing blood, milk, chocolate syrup, you name it. 
but I thought it really worked. I thought it looked great. Yeah, I loved it. Just spewing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we've already been told the only way to kill one who has been possessed by the Deadites is through total bodily dismemberment. And that's exactly what we get here. A dismemberment that literally paints the camera red. I thought this was a really nice blend of off-screen chopping mixed with some close-up impact shots. And it ends with a really nice aftermath shot with twitching limbs everywhere. That's the moment where I was like, I'm in. I don't care what else is happening in this movie. I'm in. <laughs> Again, it's the ingenuity in the filmmaking here. Despite the low budget, they really make every scene feel full and never like, you know, it never feels cheap or like they skimped out or said, oh, we can't do this. They always find a way. Yeah. And I think that's why it's had the cultural impact that it has for 40 years. This is its 40 year anniversary this year. And that's just hard to believe. Makes me feel a little old. <laughs> and I know I caught this movie late myself. You know what bothers me the most out of any special effects in the movie, though, Danny? After Scott decides to leave and search for a trail to use to escape, Ash goes to check on Linda, and we see that shit spread across her leg. <laughs> it's a cool bit of stop motion, but there's something about that that just makes my fucking skin crawl. <laughs> yeah, like the evil is traveling through her veins through her foot yeah i i get it it it's uncomfortable <laughs> and then literally seconds after leaving scott is back but <laughs> this man has had something done to him by the trees you know there's no point in asking how his butthole feels right about now because he's just ravaged completely anyway yeah i don't think the trees are uh picky <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask, what do you think of Deadite Linda? Because she's a pretty unique Deadite. Yeah, that's what I like about her is she's off-putting in a completely different way when compared to Cheryl. You know, it's almost like she's possessed by some, like, child demon or something. You know, just sitting on the floor laughing. I think the makeup job on her is really good and the contact lenses look great. And it's just... So good at torturing Ash, you know, because he's battling. He's like, oh, I know I have to kill her, but I don't want to. And it's like, oh, man, he really suffers, you know? Yeah, I think I appreciate Deadite Linda more now than I probably did when I was younger for all the reasons you just said. Like, she's very jester-like. I also like how it appears to me that the Deadites don't grant their human host any more strength like we know linda got stabbed in the ankle so it seems like she can't really move all that much so that's why she's usually just sitting there well, i didn't even think about that but yeah that makes sense of course we know she's gonna move eventually because she's gonna have to but yeah i think this is a really fun performance you know we've talked before on the show about how when you sign up to do a horror movie of course you kind of know what you're in store for but you don't really know until it's going down. And I know they used fake shemps here, and it isn't always the main actors or actresses, but it's still a lot of fun. And a lot of craziness put on a lot of shoulders. 
And whoever was performing these bits at any given moment, they always slay it. It's always good. But now it's time for Ash versus Linda, which is a defining moment for Ash as a character. It's time for Brucey Boy to sack up. But they sure don't make it easy on him, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. The Deadites even do the old switcheroo where they take human form and just fuck with his head some more. And at this point, I think we've got about 30 minutes left in the film. And this is where it truly becomes the Ash Williams show. And it's all about putting him through the physical and mental ringer. Like... Dude, you're going to have to dismember your girlfriend. Like, just deal with it. Get on with it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he can't bring himself to shoot Linda in the face with a shotgun, but he assumes dismembering her with a chainsaw. That'll that'll be easy. (laughs) Yeah, until he's like about to do it. And he's like, oh, man, I don't know if I can go through with this. Eventually, he opts to just bury her after running her through with the Kandarian dagger. But of course, this isn't going to work out. But it does beg the question, how exactly does this dagger fit into the equation if it isn't really effective against the Deadites? Like, that's the only thing I don't really understand. And I've just never thought the dagger looked cool either. I know some people love the dagger, but it has too much of a movie prop look for me. What do you think? Yeah, it's weird because it like seems like it's more effective than it is at first. Like they, the Deadites definitely are hurt by it, but then they just come back. So it's like, is this thing really worth it? (laughs) So Ash starts digging Linda's grave. And we see she's beginning to stir. And at the same time, Cheryl is starting to break out of the cellar. But this... Fucking Deadite Linda literally makes Ash go through the trouble of completely burying her before she decides to attack him. (laughs) Just to make the suffering that much worse. (laughs) She claws his leg up, and then he beats her head in with the biggest piece of wood he can find. (laughs) And then Deadite Linda tosses him aside and makes this leaping dive at him. And Ash grabs a shovel and swings it in desperation and decapitates Linda. And we see her head plop down into the dirt as her body lands on top of Ash, straddling him. And we get to watch Ash get dry humped by a headless body as it spurts blood from its neck on him. Now this is definitely a case of boys being boys. (laughs) Good living severed head and headless body acting here though and they always frame it right where the tricks are obvious but you're just along for the ride at this point yeah and who doesn't love how disgusted ash gets by having a face full of blood a mouth full of blood this is also the first time ash truly gets covered in blood so this is a defining moment in his battle against the deadites at this point ash is all alone now And it's no longer safe inside because he finds that the cellar has been busted wide open. And it's not long before Cheryl attacks Ash and we get treated to a gnarly shotgun blast to the shoulder 
followed by Ash locking Cheryl out in a bit that includes some nice finger smashing. We then get this scene in the cellar where blood just pours from just about everything. (laughs) I thought this scene was cool. And they used the excuse of Ash needing more shells for the shotgun for going down there. Does this make sense? I don't know. But we get to see Ash losing his grip. And we also get a taste of just how good Bruce Campbell is at delivering a one-man show. Which, after this, is what this franchise pretty much becomes. All that leaky blood bit really does, though is lead us into our special effects-laden spectacle of a finale. So back upstairs, everything becomes very hallucinatory, and we're treated to some truly fantastic and incredibly creative photography. They squeeze in as much of Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbelling as possible, <laughs> before Cheryl is back on the attack. And while attempting to deal with Cheryl, Scott rises as a deadite, but he doesn't do too well. We get a pretty quick, gruesome double eye gouge, and then Ash pulls this stick out of Scott that causes him to leak blood like a broken fire hydrant. And while all of this is happening, the Necronomicon had got knocked close to the fireplace, and as the book started to burn, Ash noticed that the Deadites were beginning to smoke. So our dramatic finale involves Ash getting the crap beaten out of him while attempting to toss the Necronomicon into the fireplace, which he eventually manages to do. And this pauses the Deadites in their tracks. And what can I really say? We're treated to some old-school special effects that are pushed to a new level of grotesqueness as we literally watch the deadites decompose before our very eyes. It's... what a sight to behold. And it only gets funnier as Ash takes blood splatter to the face more often than one of the Three Stooges would take a pie to theirs. (laughs) Just amazing stuff all around. Like, the spoken word cannot do this sequence justice. And if you haven't seen it or The Evil Dead, what the hell are you even doing listening to us right now? (laughs) Go watch the movie. This uh, is such a great finale. And you know, I love in horror movies when you're always unsure how safe the protagonist really is as these deadites are just decomposing in front of Ash. And even he's like, Oh god, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> then they even throw cockroaches in there. Ugh. As if it wasn't gross oh, yeah. enough. Come on, no bugs, please. <laughs> oh, just wait till we watch the nest, Danny. Either way, Ash now stands triumphant as day breaks. Or does he? Because he walks out into the woods, only to have the unseen presence rush toward him. And he turns to notice it at the last second and lets out a horrified scream. And that's the end of our movie. So you're 40 years late to the party, Danny, but you've seen (laughs) The Evil Dead now. What are your takeaways? What did you think about this movie? Well, I was thinking about it 
And I feel like it's better to see this movie in your teens, in your more impressionable years, because I think your case of being obsessed with this franchise and film definitely is able to be like nurtured in a younger age because I like Evil Dead. I like this film a lot, but I don't feel that like need to be obsessed with it, you know? Like I'm an adult and I have other movies I'm interested in and there's not much I can say that hasn't been said about this film, but yeah, I think uh I may have missed the boat on you know being a mega evil dead fan but who knows maybe i'll watch two and army of darkness and change my mind but yeah that's kind of all i had to say about this movie it's really great if you haven't seen it why are you listening to this show go watch it but yeah great film but nothing i need to devote my life to (laughs) hey i can totally understand those takeaways because like i said it had been a while since i watched it and you're right it was a big part of my horror fandom at a very impressionable age and with that said as i watched it today i was like i'm not sure how this would go for someone just seeing it today you know every movie has its moment and it has its place in time. And that's not to say this isn't still a great movie, because it is. But I don't think it will get the same rise out of people today like it did in the first 20 years, you know? So I can totally understand. But what I need to understand is what is your favorite kill in The Evil Dead, Danny? Well, my favorite kill might be cheating, but I have to go with the end when the deadites are just decomposing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love great stop motion, and you really just get to watch great stop motion for about a minute and a half, and it just gets more and more gnarly and disgusting, and it's just gore on top of gore and like i said i love that feeling of like uh is this good is is ash gonna be okay i'm not really sure but yeah it's truly horrific and i love this scene i feel like of all the scenes in this film i could watch this one over and over again hey we didn't even mention when all the giant demon hands burst out of the bodies that was kind of weird right (laughs) oh yeah that's just weird but it fits (laughs) it's all the same right on great choice very colorful uh amazing filmmaking so it's hard to disagree with that choice so sean what's your favorite kill i'm gonna have to go with deadite shelly as my favorite kill for the simple fact that it's the first full body dismemberment i can ever recall seeing on screen that alone makes it so incredibly unforgettable to me. And I'm sure a great deal of budding horror fans felt exactly the same. Not to mention you get the face on fire sequence. The bit where Shelly chews off her own hand at the wrist. The stabbing with the Kandarian dagger and all the blood spewing that comes along with that. 
just lots of fantastic bloodletting in this movie. And this is a situation where I think you could call each kill iconic. But this is just the one that has always stuck out to me. And again, it just comes down to delivering on that promise of full bodily dismemberment. That's something you would often hear, but rarely see until the evil dead. I mean, all the kills in this film are really great, so I wouldn't knock anyone for having any of the kills as their favorite. Yeah, these were some hard choices, I will say. <laughs> I, uh, after completing my notes, I still took multiple days to sort out what the hell my favorite kill and favorite scene are. But speaking of favorite scene, what's yours? Again, might be a weird choice, but it might just be a testament to, uh, I don't know, the different things we get out of this film and, and me as an outsider and having all these expectations, but at the same time having no expectations. But I really liked when Ash went down to the cellar and all the freaky shit started to happen. All the blood pouring out, filling up light bulbs. And then you have that projector as he's in front of the projector and it has blood dripping on it and it covers the frame. And then you've got that vinyl that just starts to play. <laughs> and of all the moments in this film, I feel like this is the one where like they kind of capture that essence that the Evil Dead franchise is known for. Like, it has that zaniness and goofiness. And I think I'm a fan of that. I think I will end up watching Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and probably end up enjoying those more than I enjoyed this. Not to say I didn't enjoy Evil Dead. But that was my thinking when watching this film. It was hard to watch this film and just, like, take it as it was, you know? It's like, I was just thinking about the franchise as a whole and like how I would react to it. And like, I don't know. It was weird. It's definitely a weird, there's one. a lot of baggage attached to it at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what really cracked me up was when he went back upstairs and I've always liked this bit, but it's when he dips his fingers into the mirror and it's like liquid <laughs> He freaks out more about that than anything else in the whole movie. Right. I was like, what was with that reaction, though? <laughs> That's kind of true. He does kind of freak out. <laughs> but, like, I just love reality collapsing around Ash, and he's losing his goddamn mind. You know, it's so great to see, and Bruce Campbell really pulls it off, especially in this early version of Ash, who isn't fully realized, but it's very clear that all the stones are there to build that icon that we know. Definitely. And there's something about blood-leaking electrical sockets. I've always appreciated the bit where he's standing in front of the projector, and it's just bathing him in red. And then the pipe bursting and delivering a ludicrous amount of blood to his face. He must have been scrubbing blood off of him for years. <laughs> so, Sean, you've had a lot of time with this film, but give it to us. Your favorite scene in The Evil Dead. All right. So I recently decided to watch the 101 scariest horror movie moments of all time on Shudder. 
I figured it would be a good way to come up with some movies to watch for the 100 horror movies in 92 Days Challenge next year. And there's a moment where they talk about Evil Dead. And they specifically focus on the scene where Cheryl first turns into a deadite. And I think I have to agree. That's my favorite scene. Because I think it's the most terrifying moment. I don't think this movie is scary once it gets going. But there's still a bit of the unknown when Cheryl first turns. And it's still played for straight horror before it just becomes a bloody mess of a movie. And it's also your first real taste of what the rest of the movie has in store for us. Because up until that point, we only got hints as to the lurking horror. But then this scene comes along and it's a punch in your face and just tells you, this is what the Evil Dead is all about. And you are about to get so much more. And it starts with the simple act of ramming a pencil through somebody's ankle, which is just so disturbing. I think of all the effects, that one just hurts. (laughs) You know, anyone can feel that. And then we get our first bits of Bruce Campbell's physical acting as he's tossed around and in no way resembles a hero. (laughs) And it all ends with Cheryl getting locked in the cellar. And I think Cheryl, all the designs, because there are many, but she's definitely the best-looking Deadite. And while it may get more iconic from here, that's not to say that it gets any better or worse, because this is great, just like most of the franchise. So Cheryl turning, my favorite scene. Nice, yeah, it's hard to argue with that being the most truly horrific scene. You know, it really gets the ball rolling, and yeah, after that, it's just uh, 45 minutes of gore and scares, so good shit. Well, that was about 45 minutes of us talking about the Evil Dead. (laughs) Just more minutes of people talking about this movie to pile on to the giant stack that already exists out there in the ether. But we hope we did it justice. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And we hope you join us next week for our second annual Halloween special. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.